Part four of Four Hymns by Edmund Spencer. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Thomas Copeland. An Hymn of Heavenly Beauty. Wrapped with the rage of mine own ravished thought, through contemplation of those goodly sights and glorious images in heaven wrought, whose wondrous beauty breathing sweet delights do kindle love in high conceited sprites i feign to tell the things that i behold but feel my wits to fail and tongue to fold vouchsafe then o thou most almighty sprite from whom all gifts of wit and knowledge flow to shed into my breast some sparkling light of thine eternal truth that I may show some little beams to mortal eyes below of that immortal beauty there with thee, which in my weak, distraughted mind I see. That with the glory of so goodly sight, the hearts of men which fondly hear admire fair seeming shows and feed on vain delight, transported with celestial desire of those fair forms, may lift themselves up higher and learn to love with zealous humble duty the eternal fountain of that heavenly beauty beginning then below with the easy view of this base world subject to fleshly eye from thence to mount aloft by order due to contemplation of the mortal sky of the sore falcon so i learn to fly that flags awhile her fluttering wings beneath till she herself for stronger flight can breathe note sore falcon a young falcon, a hawk that has not yet shed its first feathers, which are sorrow, returned to text. Then look, who list with thy gazeful eyes to feed with sight of that is fair, look on the frame of this wide universe, and therein read the endless kinds of creatures, which by name thou canst not count, much less their nature's aim, all which are made with wondrous wise respect, and all with admirable beauty decked. First, the earth, on adamantine pillars founded amid the sea, and girt with brazen bands. Then there, still flitting, but yet firmly bounded on every side with piles of flaming brands, never consumed nor quenched with mortal hands. And last, that mighty shining crystal wall, wherewith he hath encompassed this all, by view whereof it plainly may appear that still as everything doth upward tend and further is from earth, so still more clear and fair it grows, till to his perfect end of purest beauty it at last ascend. Air more than water, fire much more than air, and heaven than fire appears more pure and fair. Look thou no further, but affix thine eye on that bright, shiny, round, still-moving mass, the house of blessed God, which men call sky, all sowed with glistering stars more thick than grass, whereof each other doth in brightness pass. But those two most, which ruling night and day, as king and queen the heaven's empire sway. And tell me then, what hast thou ever seen that to their beauty may compare it be? Or can the sight that is most sharp and keen endure their captain's flaming head to see? 
how much less those much higher in degree and so much fairer and much more than these as these are fairer than the land and seas for far above these heavens which here we see be others far exceeding these in light not bounded not corrupt as these same be but infinite in largeness and in height unmoving uncorrupt and spotless bright that need no sun to illuminate their spheres but their own native light far passing theirs and as these heavens still by degrees arise until they come to their first movers bound that in his mighty compass doth comprise and carry all the rest with him around so those likewise do by degrees redound note that is exceed the one the other return to text by degrees redound and rise more fair till they at last arrive to the most fair whereto they all do strive fair is the heaven where happy souls have place in full enjoyment of felicity whence they do still behold the glorious face of the divine eternal majesty more fair is that where those ideas on high and ranged be which plato so admired and pure intelligences from god inspired yet fairer is that heaven in which do reign the sovereign powers and mighty potentates which in their high protections do contain all mortal princes and imperial states and fairer yet whereas the royal seats and heavenly dominations are set from whom all earthly governance is fed yet far more fair be those bright cherubins which all with golden wings are overdight and those eternal burning seraphims which from their faces dart out fiery light yet fairer than they both and much more bright be the angels and archangels which attend on god's own person without rest or end these thus in fair each other far excelling as to the highest they approach more near yet is that highest far beyond all telling fairer than all the rest which there appear though all their beauties joined together were how then can mortal tongue hope to express the image of such endless perfectness cease then my tongue and lend unto my mind leave to bethink how great that beauty is whose utmost part so beautiful i find how much more those essential parts of his his truth his love his wisdom and his bliss his grace his doom his mercy and his might by which he lends us of himself a sight those unto all he daily doth display and show himself in the image of his grace as in our looking-glass through which he may be seen of all his creatures vile and base that are unable else to see his face his glorious face which glistereth else so bright that the angels selves cannot endure his sight but we frail whites whose sight cannot sustain the sun's bright beams when he on us doth shine but that their points rebutted back again are dulled how can we see with feeble eye the glory of that majesty divine in sight of whom both sun and moon are dark compared to his least resplendent spark the means therefore which unto us is lent him to behold is on his works to look 
which he hath made in beauty excellent and in the same as in a brazen book to read and registered in every nook his goodness which his beauty doth declare for all that's good is beautiful and fair thence gathering plumes of perfect speculation to imp the wings of thy high-flying mind mount up aloft through heavenly contemplation from this dark world whose damps the soul do blind and like the native brood of eagles kind on that bright sun of glory fix thine eyes cleared from gross mists of frail infirmities humbled with fear and awful reverence before the footstool of his majesty throw thyself down with trembling innocence ne dare look up with corruptible eye on the dread face of that great deity for fear lest if he chance to look on thee thou turn to naught and quite confounded be that lowly fall before his mercy seat close covered with the lamb's integrity from the just wrath of his avengeful threat that sits upon the righteous throne on high his throne is built upon eternity more firm and durable than steel or brass or the hard diamond which them both doth pass his sceptre is the rod of righteousness with which he bruiseth all his foes to dust and the great dragon strongly doth repress under the rigour of his judgment just his seat is truth to which the faithful trust from whence proceed her beams so pure and bright that all about him sheddeth glorious light light far exceeding that bright blazing spark which darted is from titan's flaming head that with his beams illumineth the dark and dampish air whereby all things are read note perceived return to text whose nature yet so much is marvelled of mortal wits that it doth much amaze the greatest wizards which thereon do gaze but that immortal light which there doth shine is many thousand times more bright more clear more excellent more glorious more divine through which to god all mortal actions here and even the thoughts of men do plain appear for from the eternal truth it doth proceed through heavenly virtue which her beams do breed with the great glory of that wondrous light his throne is all encompassed around and hid in his own brightness from the sight of all that look thereon with eyes unsound and underneath his feet are to be found thunder and lightning and tempestuous fire the instruments of his avenging ire there in his bosom sapience doth sit the sovereign dearling of the deity clad like a queen in royal robes most fit for so great power and peerless majesty and all with gems and jewels gorgeously adorned that brighter than the stars appear and make her native brightness seem more clear and on her head a crown of purest gold is set in sign of highest sovereignty and in her hand a sceptre she doth hold with which she rules the house of god on high and manageth the ever-moving sky and in the same these lower creatures all subjected to her power imperial both heaven and earth obey unto her will and all the creatures which they both contain for of her fullness which the world doth fill they all partake and do in state remain as their great maker did at first ordain through observation of her high behest by which they first were made and still increased 
the fairness of her face no tongue can tell for she the daughters of all women's race and angels eke in beauty doth excel sparkled on her from god's own glorious face and more increased by her own goodly grace that it doth far exceed all human thought they can on earth compare it be to aught ne could that painter had he lived yet which pictured venus with so curious quill that all posterity admired it have portrayed this for all his maestring skill now she herself had she remained still and were as fair as fabling wits to feign could once come near this beauty sovereign but had those wits the wonders of their days or that sweet Teian poet, note Anacreon, returned to text, which did spend his plenteous vein in setting forth her praise, seen but a glimpse of this which I pretend, how wondrously would he her face commend, above that idol of his feigning thought, that all the world should with his rhymes be fraught. How then dare I? the novice of his art presume to picture so divine a white or hope to express her least perfection's part whose beauty fills the heavens with her light and darks the earth with shadow of her sight ah gentle muse thou art too weak and faint the portrait of so heavenly hue to paint let angels which her goodly face behold and see at will her sovereign praises sing and those most sacred mysteries unfold of that fair love of mighty heaven's king enough is me to admire so heavenly thing and being thus with her huge love possessed in the only wonder of herself to rest but whoso may thrice happy man him hold of all on earth whom god so much doth grace and lets his own beloved to behold for in the view of her celestial face all joy all bliss all happiness have place nay aught on earth can want unto the white who of herself can win the wishful sight for she out of her secret treasury plenty of riches forth on him will pour even heavenly riches which there hidden lie within the closet of her chastest bower the eternal portion of her precious dower which mighty God hath given to her free, and to all those which thereof worthy be. None thereof worthy be, but those whom she vouchsafeth to her presence to receive, and letteth them her lovely face to see, whereof such wondrous pleasures they conceive, and sweet contentment, that it doth bereave their soul of sense, through infinite delight, and them transport from flesh, into the sprite in which they see such admirable things as carries them into an ecstasy and hear such heavenly notes and carolings of god's high praise that fills the brazen sky and feel such joy and pleasure inwardly that maketh them all worldly cares forget and only think on that before them set now from thenceforth doth any fleshly sense or idle thought of earthly things remain but all that erst seemed sweet seems now offence and all that pleased erst now seems to pain their joy their comfort their desire their game is fixed all on that which now they see 
all other sights but feigned shadows be. And that fair lamp which useth to inflame the hearts of men with self-consuming fire, thenceforth seems foul and full of sinful blame, and all that pomp to which proud minds aspire by name of honour and so much desire, seems to them baseness, and all riches dross, and all mirth sadness, and all lucre loss. So full their eyes are of that glorious sight, and senses fraught with such satiety, that in naught else on earth they can delight, but in the aspect of that felicity which they have written in their inward eye, on which they feed, and in their fastened mind all happy joy and full contentment find. Ah, then, my hungry soul, which long hast fed on idle fancies of thy foolish thought, and with false beauties flattering bait misled, hast after vain deceitful shadows sought, which all have fled, and now have left thee naught but late repentance, through thy follies brief, ah, cease to gaze on matter of thy grief, and look at last up to that sovereign light, from whose pure beams all perfect beauty springs, that kindleth love in every godly sprite, even the love of God, which loathing brings of this vile world, and these gay-seeming things, with whose sweet pleasures being so possessed, thy straying thoughts henceforth for ever rest. End of Part 4 End of Four Hymns by Edmund Spencer Recording by Thomas Copeland